Thank you. Um, it's so weird, like, when other people introduce you, because you're like, wow, they're talking about me. Yeah. <laughs> But I have my wife with me, and she will tell you, it's not, uh, not about me. Uh. Everything she said about Kendra is absolutely true. She's wonderful. Smart man. There you go. <laughs> but we, uh, I thank you for the opportunity to minister in front of the Spark community, and you guys totally rock. And thank you guys for uh, wel- welcoming us. By way of introduction... Um, you know, we're Marcus and Kendra, and I just want to know, I just would like you to go with me for a second. Um, well, that's a picture of us on our three-year anniversary. Should we move away from each other? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and so I'd like you to just go with me for a second, if you wouldn't mind. You can close your eyes. Um, if you wouldn't mind closing your eyes, we're not going to come around and do anything to you. Just <laughs> come, come with me in your mind, okay? Um, so... Perhaps this scenario resonates with you as you close your eyes and think about this. It's been a long, hard week. You've worked hard all week, and you finally need a break. The weekend comes. You're so excited for the weekend. Um, And then Sunday, Sunday is finally here. You get to do your favorite thing, (laughs) and you are super excited um, because you know that with Sunday comes this time for you and your household um, maybe if you have kids, your kids, it's the favorite thing that you guys all like to do together. You like to, to go together, and when you get there, you, the reason you like it is because you know that when you get there, you'll be gathered together among another group, a huge group of people who think like-minded, think just like you do. They share the same beliefs that you do. You finally made it to the game. Football game? Baseball game? Oh, I'm sorry. You can open your eyes now. Did some of you guys go to church on that one? I mean, really, for for some, church is this really, I mean, for for games, it's it's this religious experience. I mean, for for many people, it's like, oh, gosh, I forgot my notes. All right. I mean, no, really, it's very emotional. It's it's just really emotional. For example, today, Noshawn Moreno, who's a running back for the uh, Denver Broncos, they actually uh, had a little story on him because he got so emotional during the playing of the national anthem. He just couldn't help crying. And then I know some people, it just really happens. Like, for example, uh, well, my wife, she, she's known to really get really emotional and, and shed a couple tears like, during the warm-up, during, not the game, the warm-up <laughs> of the, the, the Stanford women's soccer. So, I mean, she just... Thank you. She absolutely loves it. But, you know, but for many people, their religious experience actually is sports. So, you know, what's your experience like? Is it something like, well, is it this when you find yourself praying or is it that? You know, is it something like this or that? Is it something like this? You ever worship? (laughs) I mean, that looks familiar, right? Because it could look like this or that understand <laughs> could it be this or that you know i mean and, and some people they take it really really seriously that's the tim tebow people they they really really love their quarterbacks in denver or for some they like to have their cake and eat it too like homer simpson they're lining up for this crucial kick one final kick of the clock remains if they win it will cap an amazing comeback but 
It's a 49-yard field goal into the wind. Make it, make it, make it, make it. So if you didn't hear him, he said, it's good to see you all in church. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so for me, <laughs> so what that is, is I, I suspect that although, you know, I, 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 I don't know, for myself personally, I've been there before, especially like when I first came to know Jesus. I would actually get up really, really early in the morning, go to the first service that, you know, when I first came to know Jesus, because I knew that Sunday was about watching football all day. I'd had to fit God in there somewhere. But, but, that, but for some, it's like they have their cake and they get to eat it too. And so, but we would like to know that, that God has allowed us, Kendra and I, to have our cake and to eat it too. So... When we talk about sports, there's a guy named Tervel Delagnav. And from an athlete's perspective, we have to look at it like this. It is a very all-consuming activity, in particular with uh, sports like amateur wrestling or combat sports or, or anything. And so you got this guy, Tervel Delagnav, who takes a tremendous amount of time to, to be an athlete. And if, you don't, uh, and if you're not careful... It can consume you. Mm -hmm. It can begin to take over your life. And then in the middle of it, you got this guy, Terrell Delagnev, who's like a really cool guy and uh, was, his credentials were up there. He's a world freestyle team member, U.S. Olympian, Olympian, uh, Olympian and a two-time Division II national champion. He, he probably sums up for many people who participate in athletics from an athlete point of view, there would be no way without turning your sport, but in particular wrestling, into an idol because God will keep you grounded. It's, 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 there's this all consuming thing that it, you, you get up in the morning and you, you get up and you pray and you're like, Jesus help me. And your mind, even while you're praying begins to focus on what your task is that day. And maybe it's not athletics for you, but for whatever reason or it is, you, you know what it's like to get up, try to sit down with Jesus. And maybe the next report you have to do is there. Maybe if you're an engineer, that product testing, whatever it is, it kind of consumes you. But for athletes in particular, this can be a, a, a strange, strange challenge. So in whatever you do, do it with all your heart. As the scripture says, whatever you do, work, it, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So when it feels like everything, you're, like it's taking everything out of you um, to participate in your sport, to work your job, to be the spouse, to be the friend, to be the girlfriend, the boyfriend, the I don't know you, but I just ran into you in the grocery store and you really kind of scared me a little bit. When it feels like it's taking more out of you, then you have, understand that that's okay because we are to do everything as unto the Lord and our, our identity is in Christ. Actually, it should feel like it's taking everything out of you. I don't know if you've ever had to deal with, uh, you know, for you parents in the room, y'all have had to deal with young people. It should take everything out of you. <laughs> I mean, if you've ever had to be at a job, that really should take everything out of you. If you've ever had to deal with family, during holiday season, 
<laughs> that don't want to listen to nothing you got to say. Oh, boy. Who know more than you. That should take everything out of you. (laughs) But one of the things that begins to occur when you talk about God and sports, you talk about the melding of two worlds is, is that you look at, when you look at the scripture, it was like one of my favorite scriptures, Genesis 32, uh, 28. This is after Jacob wrestles an angel. This is after Jacob, as he sends, you know, everybody ahead of him before he goes to, uh, before he goes to reconcile with his brother. He has an identity change, but that identity change occurs after he's had this wrestling match, after he's he's gone into combat. And this text says is that your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you struggle with God, because you struggle with humans and because you have overcome. See, when you talk about sports and when you talk about athletics, each of us has a relationship with it in some way. And let me be clear. Your identity changes. For some of us in this room, we are going to be watching the game in hopefully about 10 minutes or so, and you probably have a dog in the race. You probably pick somebody. And maybe during worship, you were like, worship's not my thing. I'm just saying, as a fan, you might find yourself yelling certain things that you may have never yelled before. You find you won't even understand the game, but somebody just running up the field and you, ah, yeah, you know, just, you know. Because it changes you. And even as an athlete or if you've ever coached someone before, or you get to watch the identity in particular with youth athletics. You get to watch them change. I think it is the most amazing thing in the world if you get to work with anybody and watch them change. But with young people, to watch their identity, their confidence come up. I mean, I think a great example of this was Kendra. Last year, Kendra... Like, my wife is a much better coach than me. I can tell you that right now. No, not true. She, she's won it. All right? I just do Let, what you say. <laughs> my, no, you don't. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you what to do either. <laughs> no, I'm not falling for that trap. <laughs> You're coaching, you can tell we like each other, right? <laughs> okay. So last year, my wife, she did this uh, uh, amazing job. If you haven't heard it, what she did was she took a, a team, the, 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 the King's Academy <laughs> girls soccer team. And before the season began, she began to tell them that they were going to be champions. They must have looked at her like she was crazy. And it was something that I had picked up from my coaches. My coaches would tell me, you're going to do this. And, you know, you're like 13, 14. Yeah, I'm going to do it. You have no clue how it's going to get done. <laughs> and my wife, uh, she took a team that unfortunately had some rough years before. And they weren't used to being champions. They weren't used to saying, hey, you will be at the top. So much so that uh, she had the interesting story of someone got so used to the season ending at a certain time that the day after the season, the regular season, that they scheduled a a root canal. So you know that, like, the game's going to end and the season's going to be over. (laughs) And my wife is saying, no, the season's going to be a month longer. And what she did was, I think, was amazing because the girls were already there, but she, she spoke to them. And I rem- if I remember what you said correctly is, all you need to do is get me to the seating meeting. Yep. And the seating meeting is, is they're going to place your team in a bracket, and they're, they're, that's where they think you're going to finish. So they got to the seating meeting, and they were the 13th seed. Well, my wife, being the genius she is, didn't look at the number next to their, uh, the name because they were like the last team to get in. She just said, hey, we're going to take one game at a time. And now I can tell you right now, 
I watched those games and I was probably a nervous wreck. I mean, you know, I, and I prayed a lot, but I was praying, walking, Jesus help. But you got to help. They're not used to winning, God, you know, like, I mean, they, they won, but they don't know how to win like a champion wins. But it was amazing to, to you, you're doing all that praying and what may have seemed like this bold prediction, what may have seemed like this, this kind of crazy claim to everyone except for her and me, you know, but to see it come true, to see them win game by game and watch those girls from the beginning of the season who didn't trust each other, who weren't going to trust this new person and to watch their identity change and become champions. So you watch this a lot. I think that's one of the challenges with, with sports in particular in youth culture is that it changes identity and much like Jacob after he had wrestled that angel, your identity changes. Whether you're a fan, whether you're an athlete, mm-hmm. whether what, no matter how you, you get involved in it, there is going to be an identity change. And Lord willing, as you have your cake and eat it too, that you can be, um, that, that, that can, it can occur while totally being who God has called you to be. So I had the privilege of meeting Marcus after his identity change. He is standing in front of you today because of the effect that one of his wrestling coaches had on him. Um, he became a follower of Jesus after meeting with, you know, hanging out with one of his coaches as a, a junior college wrestler, and he was impressed by that man's marriage. He asked, uh, that was Coach Greg, his, Greg's wife's name was Regina. Marcus asked Regina, how are you guys still married? You know, what's kind of the secret to your success? And she said, well, for the first five years of marriage, I hated him. And so she, and then she proceeded to share their testimony, their marital testimony with Marcus. And um, Marcus was always interested in marriage from a young age, in successful marriage from a young age, because his parents had unfortunately divorced after four years of marriage when he was a year old. He and his twin brother were a year old, and his younger brother was a baby. So um, he had always said that he wanted to be married twice as long as he had been alive. Meaning, if he, for the math people, for the non-math people in the room, if he got married when he was 25, he wanted to be married for at least 50 years. So um, when I met him four years after that encounter with Greg and Regina, he had he was already. I never would have known that you know marriage wasn't in his blood. He was already a fully mature believer, and it was uh, just my privilege to meet him. And so as a result of that coach. <laughs> In his life, he has now turned around and done the same thing. So uh, Yvonne up there, Yvonne, um, was one of the girls in his uh, junior high Bible study. She is, she took his advice to wrestle. She said, he said, you should wrestle. You'd be a good wrestler. She wrestled a little bit in junior high, went out her, not in junior high, freshman, freshman. year, freshman yeah. year only. Freshman year only, didn't, didn't stay for the whole season, came back in a little later in high school. She is now, she finished last year as a junior, fifth in the section, meaning the, the Central the Coast state. section. Fifth yeah. in the state? Yeah, yeah. Oh, see, Second in the section. Get it right, Kendra. Get it right. Fifth <laughs> in the state. And this, uh, just a couple weeks ago, she pinned the number one ranked girl in the state. So when they redo the rankings, she should be number one as a direct result of, this, of his influence on her. Um, Nate, um, by all definitions, sort of a geeky kid, socially awkward. Uh, when Marcus became his coach freshman year, the kids didn't get along with Nate so well. He was kind of hard to be around, but he was super lovable. Marcus insisted, you guys love this kid. That's what we're going to do. Jesus called us to love our enemies, to love our, um, our neighbor, love our enemy. They loved him. He, he stayed on the team to the point where um, 
he had such an impact socially on, all, on everyone. The referees would be, would be asking, is Nate wrestling today? Where's Nate? <laughs> he, he made friends among the spectators. Um, and same with the, the, the girls wrestlers down here. These are the girls high school team. This was a group of girls who wrestled before they even became a real program. Mm. And so they had to fight the chauvinistic culture. And Marcus was able to tell them, look, because of this, you're going to have to work harder than everybody else. You be in the room. You wrestle. You wrestle hard with the boys. Not necessarily with the boys, but you're wrestling hard while the boys are wrestling because the head coach wasn't interested in those girls being a program. But Marcus stuck it, stuck to it with them to the point where they finished, was it the next year? They finished. The next year, they, they, they were known the top 10 teams in the state. And so top 10 they, in the state. That's yeah. kind of ridiculous. Bless the Lord. So <laughs> let's, uh, let's all continue to have those uh, sort of relationships with people. There are lots of relationships we have just for us athletes to coach. As a coach, I have relationships with my athletes, but there are many other relationships that you have within the sports arena. All of these, tons and tons. So you have the opportunity wherever you are to make an impact on someone. All right. Um, and the cool thing about sports or whatever it is you do, you're partnering with God. Understand that if you're with a young person, an older person, if you're with, if you're an, an accountant and you see that young accountant come in and, and you understand the stress that they're going through because it's tax season and you get to partner with them, you're helping change the world and you're partnering with God. Whether you're a seasoned married couple and you guys are pouring into an, uh, a younger married couple, just like sports, you help, uh, sports, you're helping change their identity and you get to partner with God. When you get to you get to partner with God in helping form and create the worlds of other people around you. And sports is just a vehicle to do that. Whatever it is God has called you to do, whether you're a, uh, I mean, no matter what, what your vocation is, you get to partner with God in helping change the world of someone around you. And like we were saying with sports before, it's such a broad and, and, an interesting subject. I mean, there's some cultures where the winners of the game, the prize was being sacrificed to your God. I, I don't know how competitive those games were. <laughs> Tell you right now. <laughs> Go ahead. You got that. You got that, brother. <laughs> but we live in a culture and we're going to, I guess, uh, we're going to participate in it uh, very shortly that it, sports is a great big thing, but it, it can overwhelm us. I mean, if you listen to talk radio, Jesus, everybody's an expert for whatever reason or another. But, but all that's to say is this, is that whatever you, God's called you to do, whoever you are, God has called you to partner with him to be in relationship with other people. I think that's just our call, and it's clearly that Spark Church is, y'all doing it. You guys is doing it. Get to partner with God. Change the world. No sex trafficking. Wow. All that good stuff. All right. So we're going to pray. And again, because Jesus wants us to watch the game. Let's <laughs> say he wants us to. I just don't think he's opposed to it. <laughs> we're going to pray. And Lord willing, we get to participate in Jesus name. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the Spark community. We thank you so much for uh, Pastor Kevin and Pastor Danielle, Heavenly Father, and we thank you for this sacred time. And we thank you for the ability for us to have our cake and eat it too. Whatever you called us to do, we get to partner with you in the shaping of worlds, in, in the shaping of other people's lives. 
just as you, the Son, the Father, and the Spirit have partnered together mm -hmm. to, to work on us and work on communities. And we just bless your name. So we ask that you would just hang out with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Yeah.